is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's Adam, Dave, and Jamie. Yo, what's up, everybody? It is Friday. And before I forget, no Saturday mailbag show. So this is our last show until... Saturday night, Ion Fantasy Football, and of course, Fantasy Football Today, the video show over the weekend. I'm Adam with Dave and Jamie. Dave, what was the best thing you ate on Thanksgiving? I guess I'd have to go with Cajun ribeye. Cajun ribeye. That sounds good. Dave Dave did some steak yesterday. Jamie, best thing you ate on Thanksgiving? Turkey. Come on, no. What about the side dishes? Well, you, you, you asked me what the best thing was. Turkey was the best thing. Was it really? Uh, I feel like nobody. It was very good. Mm. Okay, that's good. I feel like nobody likes the turkey best. You know, I like turkey, but it's not better than the dish, than the side dishes. Well, you obviously weren't at Jamie's Thanksgiving dinner. It's true. It's true. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, guys. You had Uh, the best thing I had. I really think it was the green bean casserole. I'm sorry, my my wife killed it. She knocked it out of the park, um, in a good way. You know, she didn't kill it in a bad way. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, belated to to the two of you. You too. You too. And I ne- didn't say this yesterday, but so thankful for all the listeners. Uh, thank you all for listening to us on this holiday week. And always, and tell your friends, spread the word. And yeah, I mean, good stuff. Thank you. Thank you all. Hope you all had a great, great Thanksgiving. Let's talk football. All right, so we got three games to recap, plus five games to preview, as there were actually three NFC home games last night. I uh, got an interesting Twitter poll. So here are the five games today. And then I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to give me the answer. The five games when you, today. When you say you got one, that means somebody sent one to you? No. What? I got a Twitter. I've got a Twitter poll that I posted that I'd like to talk about. Does that, that make sense? I think you say I have a Twitter poll. Sure. I posted a Twitter I posted a Twitter poll. <clears throat> also, I have beat the waiver wire coming up. We have Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia. We have New Orleans and the Rams, Seattle, San Francisco, Jacksonville at Arizona. Which of those five games is the most interesting fantasy game to you? Which ones again? <laughs> the <laughs> NFC home games that didn't play last night. So Seattle, San Fran, Jacksonville, Arizona, New Orleans, Rams, Bucks, Falcons, Bears, Eagles. I'm going to go with Saints, Rams. Yeah. Either that or the Bucks game. Can I tell the you? The Bucks game. Can I tell you what I think? And I was doing the research this morning. What really struck me is the history, Seattle, San Francisco, and how bad Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin have been in San Francisco in their careers. And how Carlos Hyde has two straight 100-yard rushing games against Seattle. It's like bizarro fantasy football. And it's it's just very strange to me. That struck me as the, as the weirdest, as the most interesting thing, the history between those two teams, guys. Are you are you respecting that history and suggesting that we sit Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin? No, but I removed Doug Baldwin from my FanDuel lineup this morning and replaced him with Brandon Cooks. But no, I, I you can't like I, yesterday I was like Heath, come on, put Russell Wilson ahead of Tom Brady. He's number one. He's got a better matchup. Like he's better than Brady. And I don't really feel that. Like I don't know anymore because I I couldn't believe Doug Baldwin has like five straight games with four or fewer fantasy points at San Francisco. It's and just, he's a Stanford guy too. Yeah, it's just weird. Does, does that um, matter to you guys? How did Seattle run the ball in those games? Because yeah, that's that, something that's, they just can't do well right now. 
It's a good point. That's the other interesting part about it. JD McKissick. Do I start him? You know, like I think it's a really interesting game. What What are your quick thoughts? We will talk about that game. What are your quick thoughts on Seattle San Fran? I will say, not not that you made this uh, as as a prediction, but you were talking about how Atlanta had done against yep. quarterbacks. Yep. And then Russell Wilson, after a slow start, ripped them apart. He's just playing at such a different level right now. So he he's not the same guy that faced the 49ers the last couple of years. Certainly last year he was banged up. You know, wasn't healthy. I wonder what point in the season that was when he played them. Uh, I mean, he was hurt all year, so <laughs> yeah. But it's been every year. Uh, all right, you know what? Look, just to be clear, I'm not treating the Seahawks like they have a tough matchup. I just thought it was really, really. Yeah, no. Look, the statistical trends are what they are for a reason. You know, so um, and it's been different coaches for the 49ers. It's been different coordinators, certainly. You know, I mean, he's faced now. This is what his third head, third coaching regime. In San Francisco that he's faced, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think so. Or fourth? No, this will be the fourth. I mean, here, here right, you want to um, get into the okay. statistical data just so it's out there. In his last nine games against San Francisco, he's thrown multiple touchdowns once. Right, and it was at home. He's totaled. He's totaled <laughs> multiple touchdowns once. Yeah, but to Dave's point, and, and and I'll take a step further. Not only bad running game, but bad defense. So their defense isn't going to be the same moving forward. So he's going to probably have a lot more on his shoulders. I don't think we should say they have a bad defense. He also attempted compared under 30 to them, passes. Compared, well, you mean the Seahawks, right? Comparing Seattle to Seattle, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, Seattle's Seattle. defense isn't the same as it normally no. is. He also attempted fewer than 30 passes in seven of those nine games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of them, he only attempted 19 passes. The, the thing you right? said about the Bears game is is kind of what just puts me at ease. Uh, no, the Falcons game because the Falcons they're good against quarterbacks. And, and Wilson, I, nobody had more than 22 fantasy points against the Falcons till Wilson last week. He had more than 30. Um, all right, cool. Look, we don't have to belabor that. Just thought it was pretty interesting. And here's another interesting thing. So we're going to talk about uh, Jacksonville and Arizona last. That's our last game. So just so you don't have to wait too long, you want to know about Larry Fitzgerald. He's the most interesting player in that game, I'd say. Stat of the day, three wide receivers have had double-digit targets against the Jaguars. They are DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, and Corey Coleman. All three of them scored eight or more fantasy points in standard scoring leagues. Coleman had 80 yards. Hopkins and Brown had big games. Um, so Larry Fitzgerald averages 9.8 targets per game. He'll probably get double-digit targets. He would be the fourth. Will he also score eight or more fantasy points? Doesn't seem like you guys have him ranked that way in standard. I think he can get close to eight, if not nine. I take the under. Really? It, I don't. Th- who's he going to see in coverage? I don't think he'll see a lot of Ramsey. I'm positive he won't see any of Bouye. Yeah, but they'll bracket him. So it'll I be mean, Colvin. I I I wouldn't start him if he can. I've got him as a low number three receiver. Yeah, eight or nine would not surprise me. All right, eight or nine is going to put him on the cusp of number two. In standard, yeah, probably. All right, that's uh, that's Larry Fitzgerald. More on that game later in the show. Here's the Twitter poll I posted. I don't have it. I posted it. Who who are you starting this week if you had to choose one? Deion Lewis or Jordan Howard? Do you guys see the results, or should I ask you what you think? I did not see the results. What do you think the results are? Uh, The results are probably Jordan Howard, but I I would take Deion Lewis. 60-40 Howard. 52% 52% Deion Lewis, 48% Jordan Howard. Ooh. I mean, look, Howard has the, one of the toughest matchups on the table. Yes. Uh, I, I looked up 
They're going to lose by two scores, right? The Bears? Probably. Okay, I looked up what he's done over the last two seasons. Five games for Jordan Howard in which the Bears have lost by two scores. Pretty sure it's five games. Uh, he's had good games in three of the five. And he's had, he had a hundred rushing yards. I will double check. I, I don't have these. I'll have to search for them. But he hasn't always been bad. Like last year, he had two games against the Vikings with a hundred rushing yards. One of them was a double digit loss. Anyway, no, it's interesting. Uh, you guys have him close, right? Lewis and Howard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Howard almost gets the nod for me because of pedigree and because he doesn't run for the Patriots. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I would, I would take Lewis because he's running against Miami. Yeah. All right, that game's coming up a little bit later. And eventually I will find the awesome stat on Jordan well, Howard. The, the touch difference has been over the last month for two guys. Which two? Howard and Lewis. I wonder how much. Well, Howard. I mean, you kind of know that Lewis is in that 15-carry ballpark. Yeah, I, w- I just wonder how much different it's been. Would you like me to tell you? I'm going to look at myself. You know, Thor. Yeah, you know something? You know what I did, guys? Why I can't find the stat? I deleted it from my notes. I meant to copy and paste it, and I never hit paste. So wow, you're an idiot. Yeah, so there you go. I don't have the Jordan Howard stat, but he hasn't well, I don't always know about the been last bad. month, but the last two weeks, Howard, 15 carries, no catches. 15 carries, no catches. He's not involved in the passing game anymore. That hurts. Uh, okay, let's move on and get into the news and notes and yesterday's games. But it's Black Friday. Black Friday is awesome. Great deals to be had. Great gifts to be bought, even if it's just for yourself. You know who's rocking Black Friday? Indochino. And you know who's rocking an Indochino suit? Not right now, but sometimes me. You know that, and you all know how much I love it. I talk about it all the time. And not only that, whenever I wear my Indochino suit, I get a lot of compliments. Then I end up explaining, oh, it's Indochino. You need to go to Indochino.com. And guess what? Use the promo code FFT at checkout, and you're going to get a whole bunch of money off. And it just keeps getting better and better because on Black Friday right now, go to Indochino.com or get yourself in the car and go to an Indochino showroom. The best suit you'll ever buy will only cost you $329. That's up to 60% off. You need the promo code FFT for that. So $329 for a made-to-measure suit. You're not going to need to get it tailored either. That's all you're going to have to pay because it's obviously going to fit you perfectly. So you go to Indochino.com or you visit a showroom. Pick a fabric, customize every detail, submit your measurements, get a suit. That's it. 329 bucks when you enter FFT at checkout. The code is FFT. Shipping's free. Again, Indochino.com. Promo code FFT for any made-to-measure suit for 329 bucks and free shipping. All right, the news and notes for you. Matthew Stafford hurt his ankle but stayed in the game. Hopefully he'll be okay for the Ravens game next week. Same with Detroit center Travis Swanson. He left with a knee injury, and safety Tavon Wilson left with a shoulder injury. Uh, Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams left with a knee injury as they get ready for Cleveland next week. Jamie, I know I saw it on Twitter. You loved, loved Minnie McAdoo last night. It was so funny. <laughs> it was, it was so fun. And, and they obviously didn't know the camera was on them. Those two kids didn't break character at all. It didn't seem that way. Who was the other kid supposed to be? Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan. They, they okay. did not break character at all. It was so funny. They cut to him at least as I saw three times. And every time, the one time the, 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 I think it was a little girl playing, playing Sullivan, um, did not, uh, she, uh the Sullivan smiled a couple times. But McAdoo did not nope. move. It was the best thing I've ever seen. Method actor. <laughs> Method actor. That's great. Yeah, that was really funny. Uh, the highlight of that game for sure. 
Are there any key defensive injuries we need to keep an eye on? I'm looking at the Rams and the Saints in that game. They're cornerbacks. Um, what, what defensive injuries could impact fantasy this week, guys? That's a big one. Lattimore, is, uh, as of Wednesday, was in a walking boot, um, but Vaccaro says he's going to play. I believe he was back at practice, so that'll help them a little bit, but not having Okafor is going to hurt. Um, I think. Yeah, and, and the Rams could be without two starting corners. It's true. A couple get hurt last week. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think like two of their top three corners. I, I don't think – it's not a big injury week. So if there's nothing there, do you expect the following players? I'm going to say no on this one. Matt Forte against Carolina. Not as well, but he was practicing on Thursday. I saw different reports. Uh, there was one that said he was at practice, then there was one that said he didn't practice. You know, the, like the one time I I say what we're gonna say about do you expect I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, so Forte, okay, questionable, but Forte officially did not practice on Thursday. Right. We yeah. had seen. I, I, I saw something earlier I saw on the same Thursday, thing. and that then said that uh, he was back um, in practice. Uh, Manish also tweeted that no no practice for him. So that when I saw that, yeah. I was like, okay. And you want to talk about a defensive player that's coming back? It looks like Mo Claiborne's on his way back for the Jets, and. He'll probably see a lot of Devin Funches. All right. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin at Kansas City. No. No. Not as of now. Devontae Freeman. No. But he uh, got a limited practice session in, so he just has to get cleared. Okay. We will give you the scenarios if he plays, if he doesn't play in a little bit. Jimmy Graham's on the injury report. Going to play, right? He should. Yep. Rob Gronkowski? Should. Yep. Chris Hogan? Should no, not. don't expect it. Jake Elliott. It sounds like it. They haven't signed a kicker yet, so. Okay. Jake Elliott, don't, you know, don't have to drop him yet. Might want to pick him up. All right. Chargers 28, Cowboys 6. Holy crap. All right. Can I just say, it was a frustrating fantasy day. I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way, but there's a lot of stuff that just didn't make sense. You know? I think, I, I think it boils down to the tight ends. It was so frustrating for tight ends yesterday because a lot of people went with Vernon Davis expecting a big game. He had one target. It came on a pass that he ran the wrong route for. It was just kind of a nightmare. A lot of people went with him. They sat Rudolph, who had two touchdowns. They sat Hunter Henry, who who exploded in the first half for 73 yards and then had one catch in the second half, but it was a three-yard touchdown. So shows up after weeks of being completely invisible. Mm-hmm. Not a big change in playing time or routes run or anything targets like that. Up. Yeah, just had five targets in the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh yeah, pretty, pretty frustrating. Yeah, well, I was mostly frustrated with Melvin Gordon. And then I was really pissed off when Rod Smith scored the rushing touchdown instead mm-hmm. of Alfred Morris. But yep. It was funny. I was So I was watching a game with my brother-in-law who has Ezekiel Elliott, I believe, in two leagues. And handcuffed him with Morris, certainly one, and he was like, Oh yeah, Morris! And I was like, yep. oh, that's Rod Smith. They like, look similar, they wear similar jersey <laughs> yeah, numbers. 45, 46. <laughs> you know, the fact that Morris has trimmed down so much that, that you're right, their body style looks uh, uh, somewhat similar, but, um, yeah. Yeah, very frustrating. Yeah. Alright, so- I don't know if, I know the outcome for Melvin Gordon is frustrating, but if you were to say 21 carries, 3 catches, you would have signed up for that all day. Of yeah, course. but I wouldn't sign up for only 8 fantasy points. I mean, look, eight fantasy points is not going to bury you. In fact, when I was watching the game, I guess I didn't realize that he had so many total yards. It's It felt worse because he didn't have any big plays and he didn't score a touchdown or anything. But, okay, eight fantasy points is not going to bury you. But I will ask you about this game. Who would you rather have rest of season, Phillip Rivers or Dak Prescott? It's got to be Rivers. Yeah, schedule good, sets up yeah, very nice. Good matchups coming up for him. Dak looks lost. 
he's he looks, got he looks he's got good well. matchups coming up too, though. But, but can you trust Dak Prescott? Not trust. No, the the words Dak Prescott and trust cannot go in the same sentence. Yeah, I I put in the notes he must have been twenty of thirty two. I put twenty of seventy two. Which probably just no, he was it, twenty of twenty-seven. Oh, twenty of twenty-seven. Okay, so I put twenty of seventy-two, which is what it felt like. I'd say <laughs> it's probably what he is over yeah. the last three games. Which isn't that bad, except that two of his five incompletions was, you know, yeah, picked off. This is amazing. Uh, you're you're not dropping Dak though, are you? Depends what I have on my team. I mean, you may have a lot of people that have Dak and Rivers, and yeah. if you need somebody. I, I do feel good about the fact that we identified Rivers a few weeks ago as somebody who was going to, you know, finish strong. And so far, he's so far he's on that path. With they're going to make the playoffs. They may win the division. It, I don't think they win the division, but huh? I don't think they're going to win the division. But I well, look, Kansas City's falling apart. Raiders aren't going anywhere. Broncos aren't going anywhere. Yeah. All the Chargers have to do is just hang in there. Nine wins might take that division. That uh, that that battle for the six seed, if they don't win the division between them and Baltimore, I think is going to be fun. All right. Keenan Allen. In a big way. Jamie, you love Keenan Allen. He had a big game, 11 for 172. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought he would blow up against this team, uh, because they can't defend slot receivers and he was better than I expected. So I had him ranked fifth. Um, I probably should have had him ranked third. I, or I, first. <laughs> or first. <laughs> I, I, I hope there's somebody better than him, but it's hard to expect that. But yeah, he was, he, he's turning it on at the right time. Like, like Dave said, they're gaining momentum and, and his, his presence the last two weeks is certainly a big reason why why Rivers numbers have popped. The, the targets are up for him too. Remember, two weeks ago we were talking about well, is he still as big of a part of the offense as he once was because he was only getting seven or five targets a yep. game, fourteen on Thanksgiving, and a ton the week before that. So he's back, baby. Okay, I'm sure we'll talk about Hunter Henry in the waiver wire show. So let's talk about Des Bryant. And do you trust him, or is he is he a sit as they have Washington next week? It's, it's hard to trust yeah. him. It's hard to trust. It's hard to trust anybody on Dallas at this point. It's funny because uh, I have it's uh, two receivers in a flex league PPR. So I started Allen and Dez, and I see you know Allen's numbers going off. I wasn't really paying attention to Dez's numbers exactly. So I go and I check the score, and I see like oh thirty five points, whatever it was at the time. I'm like wow, Allen's really just a, a monster. I forgot that I started Dez, and I'm looking like oh. There's there's a there's a six in there. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, people look at Des Bryant. He's averaging 10.9 yards per catch. That's really bad. He's not having a good year. Dude, he's gone 17 games in a row without 100 yards. And, and I think, you that's know, a season. People he's are, gone five games in a row without a touchdown, and that's really why you start him is because he's such a big physical receiver. So, and in the red zone, he gets those looks. He hasn't been coming through with them. So one guy who's, uh, you know, been associated with our show and, and, and our company a few years ago, uh, Chad Johnson was just going crazy on Twitter yesterday, as he's known to do. Um, but in regards to just throw it to Dez 20 times a game, like in the absence of Zeke, like he's their best player, which, you know, you can make the argument, certainly, that he still is in that conversation offensively, um, that they're they're giving him chances, but they're not giving enough chances. And Romo made a comment on the broadcast when Rivers threw a back shoulder fade to uh, Keenan Allen. And Romo said that's the one thing missing from this team is that they don't do that. I don't know if he was referring to maybe when he was still there too. I don't recall, you know, how many times he made that throw to, to Des. I'm sure he did, but they're 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 not necessarily giving Bryant the opportunities to have a lot of winning chances. You know, they're throwing a lot of 50-50 balls because of his lack of separation. But I don't know if they're scheming him up enough to, you know, put him more in the slot, put him in some situations where he's not facing the opposing team's best cornerback. Yeah, well, what I was gonna say is, you know, what's wrong with Dak? What's wrong with Dak? Is it Tyron Smith? Is it Ezekiel Elliott? Like, he doesn't really have good weapons right now. It just, 
they, their receiving core stinks. You know, Dez isn't bad. He's not a bad player, but everybody else is is nothing. They're not going to help him. All right, finally, would you rather have Case Keenum or Dak Prescott rest of season? Rest of season? Oof. I mean, again, we're going on a three-game sample size right now where Case Keenum for the last month has been better than him. It's only three games, though. Dak Prescott was was one of the true elites before that. He just doesn't look it. So you'd rather you know, have Keenum? So. Who do they have next week? Atlanta. At Atlanta. They actually don't They've have got a two more on the schedule. road. Uh, two more in a row on the road, I should say. Yeah, I'd probably take Keenum. He looks great. His yeah. receivers, his receiving core is better than Dallas's. Oh, yeah. His weapons are better oh, yeah. than Dallas's. His offensive line may be just as good as Dallas's right now. All right, let's go to the game then. Minnesota 30 and Detroit 23. That's pretty good, a uh, little appetizer. Pretty good football game. Here's Here's an email. Game of the day. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that goes without saying. Here's an email from Eric in Maryland. It seems that we keep thinking McKinnon is above Latavius, but is it finally time to put this to bed? It seems that Latavius is outscoring McKinnon even in PPR. We said this going into the game, though. Uh, I I mean, after last week, you had to recognize that Latavius looks healthy with that ankle. They're giving him opportunities. It's been five straight games of 15 carries, and the production's just been there because the team has been great. You know, so when they're playing with the lead, it's Latavius. When they have goal line opportunities, it's Latavius. McKinnon was good early on because they were chasing points. Yesterday was the 10th uh, and 11th touchdowns allowed by the Lions in the red zone on the ground um, within the red zone. Well, it's also, Adam, your your stat unfortunately didn't happen for McKinnon because he hit the 13 carries, but uh, what was it, seven running backs with 13 carries? Was it set? Was it 13 or 15? No, it was 13. Yeah, I'll, I can find it, but I, I knew that McKinnon was set up for a big day because he was going to get the Murray, work. Murray. Yeah, sorry. I knew yeah. Murray was set up for because because every running back who's gotten that type of workload against Detroit basically has had a big game. I guess McKinnon did not. Here's the note. It's 11 red zone rushing touchdowns allowed by the Lions in their last five games. Yeah. I mean, M- McKinnon is, uh and he's not catching the ball that much recently either. But, again, it goes back to game flow for them. Yeah. Ravens up next for the Lions. Uh, okay. So for the Lions, how about how about Marvin Jones? I mean, that was I think that was the other thing that really frustrated me. I've been such a Marvin Jones guy. I think I own him in three leagues. I sat him in two leagues. Yep. So what, I, what I have think? him in uh, I think three as well. I I was the only league where I started him was our podcast league. It's hard to bench somebody in a fourteen team league that gets as many targets as he typically does. He was outstanding. Uh, There's just nothing you can the, the, take the, away from him. <laughs> the catch that he made on on the two best cornerbacks for Minnesota. Right. That was fluky. <laughs> that was crazy. First off, like, Matthew Stafford, great decision because he saw Terrence Newman couldn't get off the field. And then Newman actually made a great decision to he, stay he on. He stayed on the field to, and to stay after and, Jones. And just run. I wonder if he got in Rhodes' way, though, because Rhodes just kind of like was like, what's happening here? A little bit. And then Marvin just made the cast in between both of them, and they ran into each other, and he walks into the end zone. So he was awesome. They they went after Rhodes early. Uh, he He made catches. The first touchdown was, you know, questionable. If did he get in? But you know, they gave it to him. And then that that play was just ridiculous. He's he's just been uh, a monster. And and I know people are gonna say, well, you know, similar to the Vikings running backs, is is Murray better than McKinnon? Is Jones better than Tate? I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Tate had a bad game, uh, but Jones has just been a superstar. And Stafford clearly loves him. Yeah. I mean, but you could look at the game and say it was it was a fluky performance for Marvin Jones. He had he was started in forty eight percent of leagues. Um, they don't have a very good schedule going forward nope. at, at Baltimore, well, at Tampa Bay, Chicago, at Cincinnati, and Green Bay. So, so hold receivers. on, 
Are any of those matchups ones where you would be nervous using Marvin Jones? Baltimore at Baltimore. Baltimore, I believe, allows the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They are very good defensively. At Tampa Bay, no, not a chance. Chicago at home, not a chance. At Cincinnati, Week 16, maybe. Uh, that's going to be a tough call. You have to wonder what's you know Cincinnati's mindset is in that game. And then Green Bay at home Week 17 if you play Week 17. Uh, look, Mar- Marvin play. Jones, is, it, it, it's the same thing. We we have to put him in the same category as what we've been saying about Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill and any of these other very good to great wide receivers that you don't want them on your bench based on the sample size of what we've seen. Like we said it with Amari Cooper for a stretch. I don't know if you put him still there, but those other guys are just good. Like we, we said about Diggs going to the game against Washington. Remember, because of Josh Norman and Brashad Breeland, how those guys are done yeah. on the outside, mm-hmm. and he scores. Mm-hmm. This is against Xavier Rhodes. Next next game against Baltimore. See a lot of Jimmy Smith, probably. Yeah, it, it it's not the uh, it's I don't think it's a slam dunk, but I mean I'm just thinking my ranking so it's probably be 20 to 25 in that range. Well, I'll tell you what. It just, it, last thing, last thing. Sorry, guys. Go ahead. Uh, he's got Marvin Jones has 85 or more yards in five of his last six games, and he has five touchdowns in those six games. So he has been unbelievable. And, yeah, you just have to start him and you have to trust him. And the other thing is he had that one horrible game. It was against the Browns, right? Yep, that's what I was about to bring up. Two targets, one 22-yard catch. But they actually, surprisingly, are really bad against one receiver every game, it seems. And they hardly ever let number two receivers do anything. So I, I didn't really realize that until after the game. I thought it was an easy matchup. Maybe it wasn't. And it just appears to be a fluke. So, good, you know, hooray for Marvin Jones. I, again, that's somebody we were talking about. It's like it was like going into their bye week, you know. He was going to get healthy. It was he was really underowned, and hopefully you picked him up and and you're using it to your advantage. And let's go to our final game, Washington twenty. Oh, actually, sorry, I got it. Is Case Keenum for real? Yes, he's playing great. He's getting really good protection, and he's got Thielen making big plays for him. Diggs hasn't been making big plays for him, but he will. There, there's a lot to love about Case Keenum right now. They made a great call. Troy Aikman made a great call on the on the game that uh, Terry Austin, the Lions defense coordinator, uh, had been beaten by, I don't know if it's now two games in a row or three games in a row, but I know Trubisky scored on them last week on the ground. Mm-hmm. And he said, are you worried about running rushing quarterbacks against you? And he said, no. And then Keenum had the you know read option where he ran in the, the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if that's something you keep an eye on now is, is maybe rushing production against – Opposing teams opposing the Lions. Now that's not going to happen next week with Flacco, but you know, moving forward, you never know. <laughs> Maybe Dalton. Joe Flacco I, breaking I, out. I, of I think wheels. after Joe got his bell rung by Kiko Alonso, he's probably not escaping the pocket very often. Yeah. All Vikings right, at Atlanta next week. They're going to need Keenum. Let's go to our next game. We got Washington twenty, Giants ten. All right, let's go to the other games now. <laughs> <laughs> Jamison Crowder or Des Bryant, rest of the season. Crowder. Crowder is becoming the guy I expected all season long. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love I, it. I, w- I wish he would have shown up earlier in the year, but this was the, what, what I expected in the preseason. You know, him to get a lot of targets. You know, I don't know, seven for 141, but, you know, scoring more than one time a season. So he's, he's delivering. And Doxon, you know, great catch in the end zone too. I'm kind of okay with Crowder not showing up in the first half because in all the leagues where I couldn't draft him in, I was able to pick him up. After everybody got tired of him stinking, and now I've got him on my team. Very exciting. Were you concerned? Are you concerned about Orleans Darkwa? First bad game in a while. He only had 11 carries, and the Giants tried to stay balanced. I'd say they were balanced overall. 23 real runs versus 27 passes for Eli. Yeah. I, 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 
I, I'm not hating it. I don't think it's over for Orland Starkwell. He's at Oakland next week. Yeah, I think I think you kind of know what he is. He's a you know number two running back that's going to have the occasional bad game. He's he, not, he needs to score. He's not a 100 yard back. No, but I mean he had a 70 yard game in there. That's not going to like a lot of 70 up. yard games. Huh? A, a lot consecutively 70 yard games. Yeah, I, I mean that's not going to kill you. That puts him at the low end number two guys in in uh, in standard scoring. Yeah. Now um, we'll get to the tight ends in a second, but. Is Samaje Ryan a number one running back going forward? He's, he's right there. I mean, borderline. He's a must-start guy. I think we we saw what life is going to be like without Chris Thompson, and it's very, very good. Yeah, the fact that they gave him four targets, the fact that Marshall had the ball bounce off his hands that led to the interception, I think that helps him in the passing game. And they talked about this, that uh, uh, th- they think he could do more as a receiver than he's probably shown yeah. in his college career. And I, I think it stands out too. I think it's worth pointing out that in the first half, he only had five carries for three yards. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they kind of decided at halftime. They came out in the third quarter and they just gave P. Ryan, they, they fed him and he paid off in a major way. So I think he's kind of earned some trust now with that coach. He had the fumble, but he didn't lose the ball on the fumble. And I, I think that there's a lot to look forward to. Hmm? They didn't even credit him with losing. With uh, fumbling off. Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah. At Dallas next week should be good. Yeah, yeah. Dallas, Chargers, and then even Arizona coming over to the East Coast where they don't play very well. I'm not sure that's a problem. I don't think you're going to start. How about Denver him. in week 16? You're not now. starting him in, in week 16. That's the only thing I was going to say. Denver. Well, hold on. Who knows what that Denver defense is going to be like? Why would Who it be any different? Be like? they, they have, they have probably the best run defense in the NFL. But it's, it's been struggling though since it was great. Since no. That, it, Huh? I'm it, not ready to it, rule out P. Ryan in week six. They had they had a bad game against the Eagles. They, bad game against the Giants. That's it, right? I mean, the Patriots guys got some points, but it was a bad yards per carry. Am I missing a game? What was the last week's game? The Bengals. They Bengals, did a good job against the Bengals. Joe Mixon yeah. had 20 they carries. They still have an elite Stunk. run defense. Right, you know what? Let's worry about it in week 16. Uh, the tight ends in this game, huge disappointments. These were two of the three worst teams against tight ends. It's and crazy. You, and you got a combined three catches for 18 yards, all from Evan Ingram, who had some drops. Two bad games in a row from Evan Ingram. What's your take on the tight ends going forward? I mean, look, it's hard to say with Washington until we know what Reed's status is. So, you know, I think you just got to take it week by week with whoever the guy is there. Uh, they, they made a big point of it on the broadcast last night about how they're using Vernon Davis to block with Trent Williams being out. He's a very good blocker. But he didn't do a lot of that. I think he did. I, I don't think he did. He was chipping. He, was, he wasn't he was running routes down the field. Everything I saw of him was right near the line of scrimmage. So now, I saw him running a lot, especially in the first half, lots of routes downfield. Second I, I half, agree. maybe a little bit more. Second half, more. more Because you talked about it. They pounded the ball with Pirine. So I think second half, he wasn't very that involved in the passing. But I'd like to know, if you have the stats, how many routes he ran. Um, 30. He ran 30 routes. That's 30 cool. routes. He pass blocked six times. He played 69 snaps. Nice. And <laughs> just an utter disappointment. Like, obviously, the worst thing that – the only thing that would have been worse is if he caught a pass and then fumbled it away. <laughs> yes. But what about Ingram, guys? Are you concerned about Evan Ingram? Two duds in a row. He's a rookie tight end. I mean, these things are going to happen. So Not only is he a rookie tight end, he's a rookie tight end who's the only guy that – is worth using double coverage on when it's third and long. Where do you shift your defensive players? You shift them towards him. And yeah, without Sterling Shepard on the field. What did you say, James? I didn't see a lot of doubles on him. His drops certainly weren't with double coverage on him. No. He just, I, I think he's a different player when Sterling Shepard isn't on the field. Maybe. Because the coverage is tighter. Hopefully Shepard back next week. Oh, well, his best game came with Shepard not on the field. 
uh, he, the he two has, games after the two games after Beckham got hurt before. Yeah. Do you think that back. that's because I think he's just a rookie tight end know. that's hitting a rookie wall probably that's being asked to do a lot and has a lot of expectations on him. Well, I'm not dropping him. Well, no, of course not. No. Yeah. All right, that's it for this game. That's it for the Thursday games. We're going to move on to the Sunday games in just a moment. But go see a game or go to a concert or go to comedy or theater or whatever. Get there with SeatGeek and the promo code FFT to get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. You, I tell everyone about SeatGeek. You know that. Even when I'm not podcasting because I've been buying tickets to events for years, I've never seen something better for the ticket-buying process than SeatGeek. The prices are better. SeatGeek searches multiple sites, brings in a bunch of results, finds you the best prices, and makes it really easy to see the best bargains. It's just an easy app to use. I told you all the story about my friend who bought basketball tickets. He said, hey, let's go to the Knicks game. So he looked on a different app. I said, no, no, no. Check SeatGeek. Trust me. Nearly identical seats, cheaper on SeatGeek. And then he used the promo code FFT. And he saved an additional 20 bucks. So we're going to the game for a really good price. And he's hooked. He's going to use SeatGeek all the time going forward, which is what I do. I always use SeatGeek for tickets, and you should too. And again, use the promo code FFT and get 20 bucks off your first purchase. So download the SeatGeek app. You can also go to SeatGeek.com. Promo code is FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Did not really find anything I loved for Beat the Waiver Wire. Maybe you guys can help me out. Uh, for DSTs. If anyone dropped the Broncos, they're 79% owned. They're at Miami next week. Kansas City's 86% owned, so it's a long shot. They're at the Jets. I don't know. Are you going to trust the Raiders against the Giants next week? The Raiders DST? Yeah. I wouldn't want to. Yeah. You don't want to trust the Giants, though. They play well. I I actually think they're uh, getting it together. Like They are not going to be a cake matchup, I don't think, uh, going forward. I don't think so. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. You guys can take a look at the schedule, see if there's anything else you like. I think Devontae Booker is interesting. He's 78% owned. He's at Miami, so if he becomes the lead back, he'll have a great matchup next week. Uh, I like Rashard Matthews against Houston. He's about 80% owned. Zay Jones, a long shot against New England. Would really depend on Calvin Benjamin. I still think Corey Davis, just speaking of Rashard Matthews. Okay. How old is Corey Davis? Huh? How many people own Corey Davis already? Oh, it's got to be under 60%. Yeah, I think it's around there. Could look that up. That's not a bad one because I think he could have a good game this week. I like his matchup against Indy. Um, uh, yeah, I would say I would say Corey Coleman, but at Cincinnati, he's not a great matchup. But either was Jacksonville, and he had eight points. Uh, Cooper Cup at Arizona. That was actually pretty interesting because Robert Woods almost certainly won't play. We know we like the the guy against Arizona that doesn't get covered by Patrick Peterson. Yeah, you could stash Cup. Right. See what things look like this week. Mike Thomas figures to be the other wide receiver. We I don't know that for certain, but he's the one that came in for Woods last week. Uh, Davis is fifty percent, fifty-seven percent on. Yeah. All right. So he's a stash guy. Charles Clay, forty-five percent. Josh on. Gordon. Josh Gordon's a nice one because we're getting closer he to plays that next time. Week. He play. He can play next week. That's the other thing about Corey Coleman. Yeah. Gordon could play next week. So that's a. It's a Beat the waiver wire for next week. I don't know. Um, I think that's pretty much all I got. Oh, and I'm sorry. I was – who did I say earlier? Oh, I was saying Corey Coleman. Okay, they have Cincinnati this week. They have Cincinnati this they week. They have the Chargers next week. At the Chargers next week. Yeah. Which is not – which is, again, not a great matchup. No. Green Bay after that could be really good. Could be Gordon, though. Yeah. But you true. never know. 
Who does Seattle both. have next week? Could be Deshaun Kaiser. Oh, and you can you can safely cut David Johnson every league. Right. Uh, Seattle has Philadelphia, so that's not a good match. I was going to look at the running backs there, but no, you don't want that. That's a that's a game, baby. That's Sunday night football, Philadelphia at Seattle. All right. You could pick up not for that game, but Mike Davis. He's still available and may come back, you know, next week and be their guy again. Mm-hmm. I actually did that in one league in IDP. Huge benches. All right, hey, holiday time. Before we get to the games, Dave. Got a, got any good reading material for the kids during holiday season? Well, I'm glad you asked. As you guys know, my mother, Sarah Lynn Richard, has written a children's book called Naughty Nana. It's available for sale at palmcirclepress.com. So if you need to buy a kid, a good kid, a relative, a snot-nosed brat, whatever, something to uh, to entertain themselves during the holiday period, give the gift of reading with Naughty Nana. I know Jamie has it. He's read it to his kids. Uh-huh. I know that Adam's ha- Adam has it. He's read it to his cat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you make my mom's dream come true. And if you do it, let me know. And uh, my mom will also let me know if you buy a book from palmcirclepress.com. I'll, uh, I'll drop you an email. Thank you. Okay, real quick update. Calvin Benjamin still day-to-day, unlikely to practice again today, according to Chris Brown, who is the lead reporter for buffalobills.com. To the games. Yes, it took a little longer this time, but we had a lot of games to recap. So, Tampa Bay is at Atlanta. Stat of the game. 22 fantasy points. That's the number that we're circling. By the way, we, we basically predicted 18 fantasy points for Stafford, and it came true. So let's see if we do it again. Tampa Bay has not allowed more than 22 fantasy points to a quarterback in five straight games. They've done better. And Matt Ryan hasn't scored more than 22 fantasy points all season. So is Matt Ryan going to score more than 22 fantasy points? Yes. It feels like a big-time blow-up spot for all of the Falcons. I hope so. Because this Tampa Bay secondary is beatable. Their pass rush is minimal. And uh, I think Matt Ryan can chuck it a little bit. He's playing great. Yeah, it's just not the pan- fantasy points haven't been there, but it's a matter of time. Okay, that's uh, that's one quarterback. How about the other quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 42% owned. Interested? No. Okay. Not particularly. Sticking with the Bucks, Doug Martin. No. Starter sit. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, he's got to get the work. Would yeah, you maybe, start? Maybe, yeah, but four times in five weeks, he's had at least 18 carries, and he's given you under eight fantasy points per game. Of course, this will be the week that he does well. Oh, yeah, of course. Atlanta's got a pretty good defense. We should say that. Would you start LeGarrette Blunt or Doug Martin? I think you can make the case for Blunt. Yeah, I'd probably still start Martin just because he's going to get the work. Like, I think he'll fall into seven points more than Blunt having to score to get that. Would you start a Dolphins running back or or Doug Martin? Martin. I have Martin and Blunt back-to-back in my rankings, and they're both ahead of all the Dolphins. Okay. All right. Mike Evans, top ten, must start. Deshaun Jackson, start or sit. Deshaun Jackson, last five games he's played with Mike Evans, not counting the game Evans was suspended. He's had he's had like around 30 receiving yards in most of those games. I mean, he's just not – but he's, sometimes he scores. So start or sit Deshaun Jackson. He's a number three receiver. They're going to have to throw a bunch because they're not going to be able to run it, right? So Deshaun certainly makes the cut as a startable fantasy receiver. Who's a better flex, Doug Martin or Deshaun Jackson? Deshaun. More upside. There's more upside with Deshaun, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Matt Ryan, we're starting. You guys have him. Do you both have him ahead of Drew Brees? Uh, I believe so. That's very close. But you have Matt Ryan around seventh overall. Um, oh, Cameron Bray, we're sitting. He's outside the top 20. Matt Ryan, seventh. He's not getting a lot of work. Seventh and sixth for, or sixth for our three analysts. <clears throat> so we like him this week. All right. Tell me about the running backs. Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman, give me the if Freeman plays and if Freeman doesn't play, start sit advice. Well, you already know what to do if Freeman doesn't play, and that's to go with Tevin Coleman without any trepidation. If Freeman plays, I imagine the Falcons aren't going to let him rip right back into a 20-touch roll. It'll probably be right around what he had been getting prior to the concussion, which is like 12 carries and two or three catches, which isn't bad, but... Uh, you know, look, the matchup is relatively favorable for them. And I think the game script will be relatively favorable for them. But there is definitely an, a chance here where Freeman is pulled near the goal line because they're concerned about him taking hits to the head. Well, are they both sits if Devontae Freeman plays? I think I'd rather go with Coleman. And I'd say that Coleman would be a number two running back and Freeman would be more of a number three. Okay. If Freeman plays, would you start Doug Martin or Devontae Freeman? Freeman. Freeman. Freeman would be a number two guy for me. They both, they both would be. Kind of what they were prior to the injury. But right now, you know, if we had to guess, probably not going to play. So that means Tevin Coleman is a top ten guy. And you'll start, would you start him over Carlos Hyde? Yes. Look, it's, it's now, I'll, I'll say the same stat I used last week. It's five of six games where he's gotten at least ten touches. He's gotten you nine or more fantasy points. And it was ugly last week. But he could have had two touchdowns in that game against Seattle. So he should have a much better rushing average this week, and he should have a much better performance. I think the weird thing is the, way, the weird thing is he's not catching passes. You know, he's got five yeah, catches. Yeah, but that, that's been the case games. with their running backs all season. Well, he was catching passes at the beginning of the year. Now he's catching one a game. So yeah, I guess but Freeman wasn't doing that either. To follow up, uh, would you start Hyde over Coleman in PPR? Uh, no, I'd start Hyde in PPR. Mm-hmm. You hide over Coleman, right? Okay, Julio Jones must start. How about Mohamed Sanu? Is he a better or worse start than Deshaun Jackson? Um, he's better in PPR. They're similar in standard. Okay. Do we know what the status is of the Bucks' defensive backs? Oh, well, Vernon Hargraves actually matters here. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know. Sorry, I don't know. He hasn't practiced all week. If he's out, that makes the matchup even sweeter for Sanu. Okay. So how about Muhammad Sanu or Jordan Howard? Howard. Sanu and PPR. Really? Yeah, I'll take Howard and both. I mean, Sanu's touchdown dependent. Yeah. All right. And Austin Hoopa, any interest? Uh, the, I mean, those two guys, they haven't played well in the same game very often. Sure. Yeah, he had a dud last week. So, I mean, yeah, most people are probably getting away from Austin Hooper. Finally, I uh, just want to say that Tampa Bay has allowed 90 yards or a touchdown to a wide receiver in every game this year. So if Julio Jones doesn't have a big game, then, oh, man, I'm going to be very angry. Chicago is at Philadelphia here. Stat of the game. The state of Pennsylvania used to spell uh, used to be spelled with only one N. P-E-N-S-Y blah, blah, blah. How about that? Blow your so mind. So no N at the end of Vania? Oh, Good for you, Dave. Used to be spelled with only two N's. I apologize. Ah. Erroneous stat of the day. So why did they change it? Do you know that? I don't know. Just an old-timey 
used to be spelled that way. If you look at the Liberty Bell, it says Pennsylvania with P-E-N-S-Y-L-V, blah, 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 on it. There you go. Are you starting anyone in the Bears passing game? No. Okay, no. then. But, but keep an eye on Dontrell Inman. He had a very good game two games ago, tough matchup last week. So we'll see if he bounces back, gets those eight targets that he had two games ago. Adam Shaheen is a touchdown or bust type of tight end. He might be fun to stash, not start. I guess if you're desperate times, you can start him. Next week, interesting matchup against San Fran at home. Who's the Maybe that's best? one of your beat the waiver wire guys. Okay, nice. Who's the best flyer this week? Cameron Braid, Austin Hooper, Adam Shaheen. I put Hooper first and then Shaheen. I'm not loving Braid. Not with Fitzpatrick. Who's the best flyer? Eric Lindros. Uh, that's the only ones I can name. <laughs> Isn't Rod Brindamore? <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, Carson Wentz, top four. I'm wrong, I'm sorry. It just sounds like he is. Carson Wentz is uh, top four. Start him. And the Philadelphia running backs. All right, let's talk about it. Well, let, rank the Philadelphia running backs and include Jordan Howard in there. Howard, Ajayi, Blunt. Clement. We should probably spend more time on on Jordan Howard. Give me some wide receivers you'd start over Jordan Howard. Marvin Jones. Uh, <laughs> thank you. How about most of the guys that you're already going to start ahead of him anyway? Jarvis Landry might not be one of them, but I would. Demarius Thomas, even with the quarterback change there. How about former teammate Alshon Jeffrey? How about T.Y. Hilton? T.Y. Hilton or Jordan Howard? I'd probably go Howard over Hilton. Uh, yeah. How many fantasy points do you expect from Jordan Howard? Eight. I think he can get you more than eight. More than eight? All right. So we'll say eight is the floor. Okay. Uh, it's Jay Ajayi. How many fantasy points do you expect from him? A hundred. <laughs> no. The problem with Ajayi is that we don't know what his workload's going to be. We don't know what any Eagles running back workload shall be, but we do know that Blunt was the one who was killing the clock late last week. I can't help but think that he'll continue to get that job in a blowout situation this week. We're talking about the Eagles winning by two touchdowns. That would favor Blunt getting 13 to 15 carries, somewhere in that neighborhood. But the Eagles are spreading the ball around all their guys. It's it's not really easy to feel good about any of them. Would you start any of them ahead of DeMarco Murray? I'd start a Jai ahead of DeMarco. Mm. But I'm not a big DeMarco guy. No. Yeah. How about over how about Alex Collins or Jay Ajayi? Collins. Still a Jai. Okay, he sounded excited. Alshon Jeffrey is a must star guy. Nelson Aguilar. Compare no, him. I start I start Collins. Start Collins, okay. And no. I would start Murray over Ajayi too. Nelson Aguilar, Mohamed Sanu, Deshaun Jackson. Who's the best? Jackson. I think Sanu scores again. Starter sit Aguilar. Sit. I would try and sit him. Okay, well, you don't, yeah, try. Try all you want. And Zach Ertz, we're gonna start, and the Eagles DST, gotta talk to Heath, he's got him 10th. You guys have him 4th and 2nd, Jamie and Dave respectively. They're gonna, they're gonna put up a huge number here. Right? Am I crazy? Very good team. Alright. So, moving on to the Rams and the Saints. Okay, this is actually a pretty interesting game. Stat of the game. No quarterback has scored more than 13 fantasy points at the Rams this season. And there have only been two good ones. Kirk Cousins had 13. Russell Wilson had 12. Otherwise, you're looking at 
the Colts, the Cardinals, and the Texans without Deshaun Watson. But yeah, what do you think about Drew Brees in this game? Can he uh, can he give you a big number? Uh, I think it'll be around twenty points. I don't. I I think we've seen it from New Orleans the past couple of years. Most of the time when they go on the road, they uh they want to run the football. And this year, more than any other year, they've been outstanding at doing just that. So I think they're going to continue to do it. One thing that stands out to me on the injury report, I don't know if this means anything or not, but we've seen guys with an illness miss games. Aaron Donald missed practice on Thursday with an illness. Hopefully it's nothing. Hopefully he's just got a little, you know, little flu going on or something like that. And he'll oh, get like, over how about a cold? Don't give him the flu. Just like give him a common cold. I hope he has a sore throat. Well, we there saw this go. last week with Shepard where it was illness. It turned out to be migraines, yeah. and he hasn't played for two games. Yeah, well, that stinks. We don't know the severity. It just says illness. It yep. doesn't say what the illness is. Right. Okay, I'm just I'm hoping for, a, like, a common cold or a hang. I mean, for all we know, mail. it's hypothermia, but I don't know how he would have gotten that in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, probably not. Probably not. All right, so Drew Brees or Jared Goff? Brees. Brees. I don't have a lot of faith in Goff. Goff's missing his number one receiver. Yeah. I think that's – I think it's going to hurt him. I think it'll help Sammy get more targets. And I think it'll help Cup get more targets. But I don't, I don't see how Jared Goff goes out there without Robert Woods and puts up 300 yards and two touchdowns. Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger? Roethlisberger. Ben. Drew Brees or Andy Dalton? I have Brees a couple of spots ahead of Dalton. Okay. So then, are we starting both Saints running backs? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We could tell you. What if we told you, no, don't do it? Would you really not do it? No, I would do it. Of course not. Are, are you starting Michael Thomas? Yes. Are you starting Ted Ginn? He's in that Deshaun Jackson conversation, number three guy. So if I, I, could, if, I feel the same way. If I could surprise you with a question then, like we've talked about Ginn, Jackson, Sanu, all these guys. Are there who are like the number two wide receivers that you think could have big games this week? Unfortunately, we saw Marvin Jones and Crowder yesterday, so those answers are off the board. But are there any like sleeper wide receivers that that you really like this week? Well, when you say Crowder, I would say Crowder's the number one guy there. Yeah, he is. I'm sorry, I I, I don't know if I mean like number two fantasy guys or number whatever it is. Well, we kind of know what you mean. So you, you like mean the like guy s- behind the guy? Sec- well, no, I, I think you mean more like secondary fantasy options that could be. Blow up type yeah, right. Non-obvious starts. I've got three ranked in a row in my receiver rankings. Kenny Stills, Mohamed Sanu, Mike Wallace. Okay. Very good ones. Uh, and I'll give you a fourth. But do you like, you know, but, but wait, hold on. You like Macklin more than Wallace? No, I like Wallace more than Macklin. I like okay. Wallace more than Macklin and standard like Macklin more than Wallace and PPR. Alright, who else? There's another one, uh, and everybody's gonna start him anyway, but Juju Smith-Schuster is technically a oh, number yeah. two receiver. Yeah. Hopefully he's healthy enough to to play and play effectively. I mean, in that same game, this this should be a good spot for Sammy Watkins. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably our next topic here. Do you who do you like better, Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup, or Ted Ginn? Watkins. Watkins. There's just more. It's the upside, right? Yep. It's the potential for him to go off for a couple of big plays. We're working under the assumption that he's going to get more targets. Makes sense. Put it together. Robert Woods isn't there. The ball's got to go somewhere else. I don't think they're going to run it 40 times. Would you start Jared Goff or K- or uh, Josh McCown? Goff over McCown. Goff. Goff. And or, how about there's one yeah. more factor here that we didn't even talk about? Sammy Watkins, Marshawn Lattimore is not going to play. Yeah, you're right. If it he's is out, and then Ken Crawley, I believe, is banged up too for New Orleans. 
So maybe that's what you were thinking about with cornerbacks being hurt. If the top two cornerbacks on New Orleans are out, it's going to be, and, and they're missing their second best pass rusher. It's going to be tough here to contain Sammy Watkins unless they just put a safety over the top every mm, time he runs like more it. than five yards. I like it. Sammy Watkins or Jay Ajayi? I think you'll have more upside with Watkins. Yep. Sammy and now it comes back to maybe Jared Goff isn't that bad. Yeah, we kind of talked ourselves into it. Uh, I, I never bought the Saints defense as a great defense. Well, I think you had to buy them based on how nope. their defense as a whole was playing, Not but me. they came up with so many injuries last week. Well, that's true, but they also just didn't play good teams. They had a really easy schedule. I'm checking on Ken Crawley because I want to be. And they are banged up. So, okay, uh, so golf is still outside the top 15 for you guys. And would you consider moving him ahead of Alex Smith? No. I start Jacoby Brissett over Jared Goff. Okay. Okay. I think I tried to ask this. I don't know if I blurted it out. Sammy Watkins or T.Y. Hilton? Uh, I like T.Y. Hilton. Better. I have Hilton higher. Watkins is still a risk just because of the targets. Heath and I didn't really talk about uh, Kenny Stills enough yesterday because we weren't really sure who it would be. But we're thinking it's going to be Matt Moore now more and more. Well, yeah, get it. But, like, how, how do you like Stills or Watkins better? Watkins. Watkins has a higher ceiling, but Stills with Matt Moore has just been fantastic. You know, you go back to last year, the start of this season, the three games that Matt Moore has played, Stills has three touchdowns in those games. Mm-hmm. He scored against the Patriots the last two times these two teams have met. Mm, wow. So, I mean, he's he's got like a lot of things just working in his favor. Chasing points, targets have been there. Yep. I mean, Matt Moore has a man crush on him. He's if Matt Moore's if, if playing, Jared Goff liked Sammy Watkins as much as Matt Moore likes Kenny <laughs> yeah. Stills, we'd be in great shape. If you uh, have Matt Moore at quarterback, if, well, if he's playing, then Kenny Stills is a great value, at least on FanDuel. I haven't checked on DraftKings, but both, yeah, both. great value then. Moving on to Seattle, San Francisco. Start, start Todd Gurley. He's got a good matchup. Start him. And uh, Seattle, San Francisco. I, I mean, I did talk about this game earlier, so if you missed it, that was at the beginning of the show, like two minutes in. How I, interesting I find this matchup because Baldwin's been so bad with four fantasy points or fewer in each of his last five games at San Francisco, and Russell Wilson has never had a uh, no, just one multi-passing touchdown game against the Niners. So if Doug Baldwin has last nine, if Doug Baldwin has a strong nine. finish, will we say he had a good year? Yes, I'd say so. Has he if not he had a good year? To do this? Why yeah. wouldn't we? Well, because he has pretty bad year to this point. Really, I don't see it that way. He probably has had a year similar to last year. Where, a year similar to every year of his career, right? Where, but he usually has a you know a stretch where he's been good. He just hasn't had that stretch. You think he's a top ten wide receiver? Because I feel like he is. Statistically, yeah. For the season, he's eleventh. He's eleventh. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like he's having. I don't know. Maybe I'm just disappointed by the expectations. But it looks like he has what one, three really good games. No, look, wide receiver sucks this year, you know, I, so that's part of it. He's 11th in standard, but he's probably like 7th in PPR because he's got 56 catches. His PPR but, numbers have been fine. You're right. But his his standard numbers, there's only three, four with double digits in, in fantasy points. I, guys, uh, we're going to start Bob. We're going to start Russell Wilson. What about McKissick? What about the running backs here? We know how good of a matchup this is. Well, I'm just looking back at their last three games against the 49ers and trying to figure out a reason why – Russell Wilson hasn't been that good. And sure enough, the run game has been effective to dominant in this series. Uh, Chris Carson, remember him? He had 93 yards on 20 carries. 
back earlier this season, so that took the ball out of Wilson's hands a bunch. And then uh, last season, Alex Collins and Thomas Rawls combined for 15 carries, not a lot of good yardage. Most of them went to Collins. They let Alex Collins walk rushing touchdown. The they let Alex Collins right, walk what, out. What about the running backs this week, though? Are we going to get And three one? games. Hold on a second. I'm what, not done three I know, games I know, but Kristen I, Michael had a monster game. That's I, another guy. I know. Look, it's a great matchup. They used to run the ball. Are they going to do it this week? We haven't seen more than seven carries for J.D. McKissick. But also keep in mind that San Francisco can't cover running backs either. Three running backs have had 72 or more yards against the Niners. Four running backs have caught a touchdown. So I like McKissick this week. I think they're you. going to have to turn to him a little bit more than they have been. It's just a matter of how many carries he'll get. Because, uh, once again, Tom Cable this week was the guy talking about Thomas Rawls. Now he's trying too hard and this, that, and the other thing. And Eddie Lacy will be back in the mix because Mike Davis is going to play. But I think in PPR leagues, Mike McK- McKissick is uh, a borderline must-start. I'm starting him over Marshawn Lynch in standard leagues. Because yeah. you just hate the matchup for Lynch, and you know that Lynch isn't going to get a lot of work. I, I think they're they're both about seven fantasy points. I'll here, take the chance with, with the matchup here for McKissick. I will guarantee that the Seahawks will do their usual token approach to try and get the run game going. And it could be Rawls. It could be Lacey. It could be both of them. Neither one of them will get more than 12 carries. And eventually, it's going to be McKissick. So if you're really in a pinch at, wide, at running back, um, McKissick is your guy. And if you have him on CBS, you can start him at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a pinch at wide receiver, mm-hmm. PPR league, preferably, you can put McKissick in the game. I just don't think you're going to see him anywhere near the goal line unless it's the two-minute drill or they're going no huddle or it's third down because mm-hmm. he's just not a physical running back. He is a receiver-turned-running back, just like C.J. Procise. McKissick or Deshaun Jackson at wide receiver or flex? Mc- McKissick. I'd go to Sean. McKissick or JJ? JJ. Yep. McKissick or Carlos Hyde? Hyde. Hyde. Man, this run defense, though, is legit. He's the only guy we're going to consider starting, right? You're not really considering Marquise Goodwin? No. Okay, so Hyde. Yeah, Hyde's a start. I mean, especially in PPR, we know he catches a lot of passes, but what do you expect from Carlos Hyde? This run defense is seriously good for Seattle. 80 total yards with a chance to score. Yep. Lots of catches. Okay. And uh, Goodwin's going to get his shot, and you know that the cornerbacks are banged up for Seattle. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did well. I just don't know if I've got the grapefruits to put him in my lineup. <laughs> there you go. Seattle's DST 7th, ninth, and 5th for Jamie, Dave, and Heath. Jacksonville at Arizona. Now we talked about Larry Fitzgerald and McKissick or Fitzgerald? Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Don't start Blake Bortles. Start Leonard Fournette. This game is a piece of cake. Uh, start Leonard Fournette. Marquise Lee, though, he's actually pretty interesting. What do you think about Marquise Lee this week? He usually gets nine targets. He's had nine targets or more in four of his last five games. There have been six wide receivers who have had nine or more targets against Arizona. Golden State, Golden State, the Golden State Warriors scored 10 fantasy points. Cooper Cup scored 11. DeAndre Hopkins scored 13. Kamar Aiken, Aldrick Robinson, and Trent Taylor had horrible games, five or fewer fantasy points. But Marquise Lee is closer to the Tate Cup Hopkins group than Aldrick Robinson, Trent Taylor, Kamar Aiken. So do you think Marquise Lee's a sneaky play here? He's 90% owned, but I don't know how many people are going to be willing to start him. No. I don't like him. I think he'll see a lot of Patrick Peterson. I think that's a winnable matchup for Patrick Peterson. And uh I I, I do think that Bortles We'll have no choice but to throw at Marquise Lee. I just don't see Lee catching a pass and breaking it for a big gain. I don't know how good he'll be inside the red zone because he's pretty easy to cover with more than Peterson if Arizona wants to. 
I think he's in for a rough game. Okay. And uh, Adrian Peterson, like, pff, no way, right? No way. Nope. Yeah, McKissick over him for sure. Man, uh, that Jacksonville DST, JB, you got to change your rankings. Put him, just put him number one. You got him number two. You're way too low. Um, I'll take the Steelers at home Steel- against Brett Hundley. I mean, come on, the Jaguars, come on now, Jamie. I put in the notes. Jamie is cray cray, cray cray me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for the courtesy laugh. Uh, we've got about a minute left. Anybody want to give a FanDuel lineup? I can give mine. Sure. I'll give you DraftKings one, too, if you want. All right. I'll go ahead and uh, give a FanDuel lineup, and, Jamie, you can do DraftKings. And let sure. me just find my updated lineup. Here it is. Ben Roethlisberger, Todd Gurley, Tevin Coleman. I don't like running backs this week, so I the depth anyway, so I do want to have at least one stud. Roethlisberger, Gurley, Coleman. Julio Jones, Brandon Cooks, Rashard Matthews, although Kenny Stills is looking really good. Might have to go with him. Delaney Walker, Chris Boswell, and the Bengals. If I That's down, funny. if I downgrade from Matthews to, 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 uh, Kenny Stills, I might be able to get a better tight end. I did that in, in the two lineups that I, I wrote for the sleepers column. Kenny Stills in both of them. Okay. Um, so for DraftKings, I have a Bengals stack of Dalton, AJ Green, and Tyler Croft. Banking on the Browns being terrible. Um, Kareem <laughs> Hunt, I think, has a breakout game against the Bills because the Bills stink. Deion Lewis is the start of the week, so he's the other running back there. Hey. Um, my other two wide receivers going upside, one is Stills, one is Sammy Watkins. They're both under $5,000, so they're good prices. Uh, T.Y. Hilton at the flex, again, looking for the blow-up spot against the Titans. It's the one good matchup he's had this year that he hasn't taken advantage of. I think he will rectify that at home. And then the Falcons defense against Tampa Bay, they're very cheap at $2,900. Holy crap, I forgot the Bonanza. No, no, podcast over. No, I forgot. For I'm on everyone. a four-game winning streak. Show. Don't forget to like so us wait, on no, iTunes. No, 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 no. Now, you forgot it. So now you're going to force it. So it's either you take your bean boozle because you forgot it. So uh-huh. technically, you you did not plan on one. You just admitted that you, you forgot it. You just admitted it. it. Right. Oh, he, he's kind of sinking in his chair. Now I'm thinking right now, what's it gonna be? What's oh, it gonna look be? at this! It's gonna be an off the cup, cuff bonanza. How many Packers have to do well if I choose Green Bay Pittsburgh? Oh God! How now, many don't Packers? Don't do this to Roethlisberger, please. Hey, I'm Two. on a four game winning streak. All right, fine. Two, Two Packers. Green Bay Pittsburgh bonanza Sunday night bonanza at Heinz Field. Beautiful. Guys, thank you for uh, for your time today. Uh, you know, happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you Saturday night for Ion Fantasy Football Sunday morning, at 11 a.m. We got Eastern a live show coming up today. Yes, we do have a live show, so I have to go and do my research. See you later, everybody. You gonna shave? I yeah, that's the other thing I have to do. That's what I meant by research. Bye. Bye. <laughs>